0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, July 16th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by Cole Sheldon, my co-host, here to recap last night's UFC Fight Island 1 card and to preview the Saturday's UFC Fight Island 2 card. The card ended at like 1 or 1.30, Cole, pretty late. Yeah, I know, it's stupid. We'll talk. Actually, we should start with that. I mean, I don't see why a Wednesday card starting at 8 a.m. Eastern, it seems really like excessively late. So the card should have started at 5.00. The card on Saturday starts at five Call cool. I'm sure you agree with that. Cause like I saw a lot of people like, hey, I'm tired, I have to go to work tomorrow, and you have to go to bed at 1 30 and then you know, wake up early for work. It's not it's not easy for people call. Cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like my brother wanted to watch the fights and he's like, What time do you think uh Cater Ige will be on till? Like to see if he's gonna stay up. I'm like, Oh, will probably be over by like one a.m. He's like, Oh, I'll just watch it tomorrow morning. Like, I'm not getting like five hours of sleep before I go to work and just Yeah, like I don't get why on Wednesday night. You have to realize a lot of your audience has worked the next day. They're not going to be staying up till one thirty in the morning to watch fights. You, this card should have been over by 11 p.m. Eastern at, like, the latest.
0: Yeah, and like I said, the one on Saturday starts at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m., excuse me, for the prelims, and then 8 p.m. for the main card. So, you know, that's the only complaint I have, I guess, really. Like, it was a decent card. I mean, the prelims were incredible. There were some amazing things, a lot of upsets. Main card it was it dragged out. Yeah, I dragged over bit. It was a pretty good card. It would have been nice to have a finish, I think, in the main event. That fight just kind of felt like it took a long time. It was a good fight, though. Uh, let's get right into the card right now, Cole. Um, we'll start with UFC, Fire Island 1 from last night. We'll recap that card, and then we'll preview the next card, UFC, Fight Island 2. So I'm calling it Fire Island 1, but it is the, obviously, Cater versus Ega card. And we'll start with the main event. And Calvin Cater, he did exactly what I thought he'd do. Mm-hmm. I I did think he'd probably get a finish. I mean, Dan Ige really took some shots in that fight, man. His face was busted up at the end of the fight. He did well. I mean, he stood and traded. I thought he'd be a little bit better with the wrestling later on in the fight, but Cater didn't really gas. He had a full five rounds of gas. And, man, Cater is a really dangerous guy, man. I really like watching this guy fight. Probably is the best boxing in the division. He has a great gas tank, great chin. I think he's a serious problem right now for anyone in this division, man. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and I've talked to Cater a bunch and he's even like we've always joked in interviews I'm like yeah, when is, is this the fight you're going to use your wrestling and he's like he got to stop bringing up my wrestling in interviews like I don't want people to know he grew up starting to wrestle like he says yeah. he said he's like likes boxing a lot better so that's why he doesn't wrestle and wrestling tires you out where he can throw punches for 25 minutes no problem but he said all I'm going to do my wrestling for is take down defense and just keep it on the feet and I think EA was, what, 0-7 or 0-8 for on takedowns, something like that. His wrestling defense was really impressive. His box, like his cardio, like he, I still think, I believe very strongly that that's a beat fight was five rounds. Cater would have won that fight. Because I think the last half of the second round he won and the third round he won, it would have just been the same in the fourth and the fifth. I'd love to see that rematch down the line do five rounds because I think that's a totally different fight. But Cater's a problem, man. He can go five rounds hard. He can stuff all the takedowns. And the thing about featherweight is it's a lot of strikers at the top, which match up really well. You have Yair, you have Zabit, you have Korean Zombie. Volkanovski, he can wrestle, but he's mostly a striker. Like Mm Cater's going to be a problem for these guys just because it's not like a lightweight, it's not a welterweight where you have a lot of these wrestlers at the top. Like It's a lot of strikers at the top of featherweight.
0: I think this was like maybe his most complete performance in the UFC. He looked, I thought, incredible in this fight. Even in the fifth round, I think EA went for a shot and his hips moved so fast, like in the fifth round. So this guy might available 10 rounds, Cool. Like it seemed like he had, had an endless gas tank. I was really impressed by it. Calvin Cater. I thought he won the fight 49-46. Like, yeah. Round to so oh, I gave giving it. the first two rounds to Ige, which surprised me. I thought the second round for sure though. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I only gave EA the second round. It was like... Although Kate, like if you look on, it on Twitter and you see four to one, you're gonna be like, Oh, Cater dominated this fight. It was a pretty close fight. Like, Egate had some moments in there. Yeah. Like, uh, I think stock Stockrill was even in the loss. Like, he took Calvin Cater's best shots. He's proved he can go five rounds. Like, he's a durable guy. He's not gonna be one that I thought Cater was gonna get a late finish. Like, Cater's yeah. finishing everyone, knocked Jeremy Stevens out, uh, TKO'd Shade Burgo. So, we saw how good of a chin he has. I didn't think he would be able to take it, but Egate could be a problem here. I think. He's got to start fighting more like these veterans through round fights and build himself back up. But if you're eager, you can't hang your head too much on this loss because he showed a lot in this fight.
0: Yeah, I was impressed by his performance. It was a competitive fight. I wouldn't say a close fight, but competitive at times, especially earlier in the fight. He kind of got tired late. He took a lot of damage. I mean, both guys did. Calvin Cater, I think broke his nose or rebroke it, so his nose is smashed up. By the way, he just looks like a fighter, man. Like this guy's, he's got so much confidence right now, Cole, and that helps too. The thing about Calvin Cater is, like, he's actually been around for 13 years. He fought an Elite XC in 2008. He's been around forever, but he's a late bloomer at age 32. He's coming into his own now. I think this guy can fight for the belt now if the UFC wanted him to. He could fight Volkanovski. I personally think he needs one more fight. That's my personal opinion because he did lose that Zabi fight. Why should he bounce a bump Zabi? That doesn't really make sense. I, I personally believe it should be either beat Korean Zombie, uh next like the winners of those fights with yair and uh, ortega one of the, the more impressive of the two i think gets a title shot cole and i've seen a lot of people suggest this fight with holloway and cater that'd be a fun fight i, I would watch that fight uh but really any of these guys in this top division and honestly i don't even think that zombie and ortega fights even officially signed oh i so, don't think
1: it's gonna happen yeah
0: i feel like the ufc should probably just give zombie the title shot and then you have ortega to possibly fight cater instead you know cole and then Holloway, you can figure him out later. What do you think?
1: Here's the thing everyone keeps talking about Ortega, Zombie is the number one contender fight. Why is Brian Ortega in a number one contender fight? Yeah. I he so. hasn't fought since December of 2018 and got smoked against Max Holloway. Yeah. Why should he all of a sudden say he ends up beating Zombie, get a title shot after one win? Like, yeah. if anything, it should be Zombie next. He doesn't have to fight Ortega and do yeah, a beat and then winner of that fight gets the winner of Zombie Volkanovski like or even if Zom, or if you really want the Zombie Ortega fight just cuz it's heated uh, like that Zubiet year fight's been rumored for like end of August i think that august 29th nothing is official though but if the ufc's dead on doing zombie ortega that's probably not going to happen until later this year so then winner is Zubiet year gets Volkanovski but feather division man it is so stacked like, it is has so yeah. many intriguing matchups for Volkanovski at the top
0: yeah and like you said He is really a grappler, but he prefers to stand and strike at this point. He stands and strikes with Max for 10 rounds. He'll strike with anyone, I think. Cater, I believe, would have the striking advantage over Volkanovski. I'm pretty sure he'd have the striking advantage over most guys. I think Korean Zombie is a great matchup for Cater, by the way, Cole. I think he would probably knock him out just because he's so technical and Zombie's so wild. Zombie, of course, has that X factor, but either way, I was impressed. And then for Ige, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Even in the loss, he was impressive. His striking is a lot better than I thought in good wrestling uh not great wrestling but a good gas tank i should say but his wrestling i thought would have been better later in the fight uh i just think it's more to having way better takedown defense than anyone could have ever expected like you know like you said well he's got his wrestling he's one of these guys like justin gaethje that has their, this wrestling background they never use it but if they really had to use it they might use it one day so it makes him so dangerous uh co event tim Elliott, ryan benoit i saw you guys you had a scorecard of 29 20 elliot i had benoit win it's fine man honestly uh it was a close fight, but I just thought he landed way more significant strikes. I know that Elliot obviously had some good positions on the ground. He had like a Guillotine at one point, but I personally thought Benoit won. Either way, Elliot wins. A solid fight. I still wouldn't have made this fight in the night call. I think this is a lower of the fight, but uh, a decent fight. But what rounds did you have for Elliot? I
1: think I had two and three, if I remember correctly. The third round was, I think... I really got frustrated at Benoit in that third round where for like a minute solid, Elliot was just looking down at his hands, trying to figure out his finger. And Benoit was just like standing there. I'm like, his hands are down trying to fix his dislocated finger. Like, why don't you go pressure him right now where he won't be able to block the ball with that hand. Can't punch. And Benoit just kind of stood there and let Elliot fix his hand, which I didn't get. Like, it's a close fight. Like, that's something that Benoit really should have capitalized on. But uh, do you think they cut Benoit after that? He's 0-2. He doesn't fight that often.
0: Um, no, I think that because he's got such good striking, you got to keep this guy around. He's still relatively young. He's 32, I think 30 or 30, 30 years old. Actually, uh, he's been inconsistent. I I was looking at his record this morning and it's like three and five. So it's not great in the UFC, but this was a really competitive fight, man. And like I said, a lot of people thought he won. I'm looking at NBA decisions right now. The majority of the media thought that Benoit won the fights. Uh, the judges, all three of them actually gave the first two rounds to Elliot, which that's, I don't agree with that. that Benoit, Benoit won the first round, man. Like he definitely won the first round, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, these judges on Fight Island to me have been super questionable. I gotta look at those EA scorecards first, by the way. Uh, because I didn't take a look. The one judge had a 48 47 for Cater. Uh, mo- only three media members had that score, most of them had 49 46. I probably should start sending my scores back into anime series. I-, I stopped doing it for a while because when I was with Sherdog, I did it, and then I was just getting shit on by fans. But it's kind of fun to do. I know the guy there, I can send them in if I want. Maybe I'll start doing that again, because. Cool, I mean it's it's nice to see there's more people now. When I used to when I was started doing this for him like eight years ago, there was like five people doing it. So like you could easily be like Adam Martin's scorecard sucks. This guy sucks as a judge, but I'm actually a pretty damn good judge, I'd say. But yeah, all three of the judges had actually uh Ige winning the second round. One judge had him win the third round. I don't know how, but uh, that's really weird. All right, uh, next fight, Jimmy Rivera defeats Kobe Staman, unanimous decision. Uh yeah, this fight was not as uh, competitive as I thought it would be. Yeah. And- Jimmy Rivera looked great in this fight, man. His striking was solid, and then just incredible takedown defense. Like, I told you that stat goal where he had the highest takedown defense. Like, he truly does have amazing takedown defense. Cody had some moments in the fight, but most, like, it was mostly just Jimmy outstriking him. Uh, good performance by Jimmy. It proves he's still, like, one of those top ten guys in the division, man.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't expect Rivera to look like that. He was coming up that long layoff, was on the losing streak. But, again, he was losing to, like, Peter Yan, Eljamain Sterling, Marlon Marais. Can't be mad at those. And that Peter Yan fight, he had a lot of success, but he even admitted after the fight. Like, he coasted the final 30 seconds, and he just kept on getting dropped in the final 30 seconds. I think for Rivera, you got to, like, I wouldn't be mad at him getting, like, a Pedro Munoz Frankie Edgar winner, something like that. Like, for Stamen, I think you do the Rob Font fight. That was supposed to happen a couple times. Rob Font's supposed to come back later this year. It's an interesting fight. They're ranked right near each other, but... I was surprised of how good Jimmy Rivera looked, especially considering the layoff.
0: Yeah, he looked great, man. Seriously. and You know, this keeps him in the top 10, entrenched there, and set them up for a solid fight. I think it is next uh, outing here. I'm just looking at the rankings. I mean, it just depends what, like, if Aldo wants to fight again, I mean, I'd love to see Aldo versus Rivera. That'd be a fun fight. Very yeah. well-matched fight, I think. Uh, just looking at the rankings, yeah, Corey Sanhagen's number four. He doesn't have an opponent. He could do that fight. The Rob Font fight actually does uh, excite me. Also, uh, Rafael Assuncao, I don't think they've before. They might have. I can't remember. But uh, you could do that. Either way, you look good. Stamen obviously lost this fight. I, I think his stock went down a little bit just because, honestly, I thought he'd look better in this fight after that. Keller win. Cool, But uh, he did take it on short notice, up a weight class. He's still a good fighter, man, for sure. So I'm not too worried about Cody going for. I still think he beats the majority of the guys outside the top 10. Top 10 are tough matchups, I think, for Cody, though, because he's got good wrestling, but it's not good enough to beat the elite wrestlers. And then he's got good striking, but it's not good enough to be a guy like Rivera. So he's kind of in that, like, 10 to 15 role, I think, right now. But, you know, he's still a good fighter. Uh, next up, Taylor Santos. She had a great performance here against Molly McCann. Dominated the fight. I think I scored all three runs. So she looked really good in this fight.
1: Cool. Well, where was this performance Yeah, I don't Rivera
0: know. Where, man. It's crazy. Like, she hadn't fought in, like, I think almost a uh, year and a half since the Kane and Nagano card. And she lost that fight. At least we talked on the podcast uh, Tuesday comes back and then just dominates Molly McCann, who's looked great in the UFC. So uh, man, it makes you wonder like how good is this girl? Cause she looked really good, Cole.
1: Yeah. And like, that's why I picked Molly McCann. Molly McCann is looking really good. And just the loss to Romero Barella is not a good look for me. That's why I started, I faded her a bit, but man, that was it i I'm like, A lot of the betters were uh, fading her because when the time the fight rolled around, like Molly McCann was like a minus 200 favorite. And it was around a in the entire time, which I think a lot of people were high on Molly McCann. I was high on Molly McCann, but Santos looked really good. If that loss, if she didn't lose that Barella fight, like she'd be someone I'd be talking about a lot more, but still that loss. I think she's a totally different fighter since then though. So she looks, that fight was really impressive.
0: Yeah. She looked good in that fight. Uh, Opening up the main card, man, Munir Lazaz really impressed me here. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere here and beats Abdul Razak Alassane. You have a decision. I don't understand the 327 scorecards. No. It was easily for Alassane. He did way more damage. He just gassed himself out, man. It was kind of embarrassing. He gassed himself out after like two minutes. Well, I know he'd been off for a while. He obviously missed weight for this fight. Uh, Just a lot of things, I guess, going against Alassane, the two year layoff, um, time difference. I mean, Lazaz, like, he lives in Dubai. He was close by. Like, this was. It seemed like almost like a showcase for him when we all thought it was going to be the other way around. Yeah, I mean, this guy looked great, man. I got to be honest, Cole. He kind of surprised me quite a bit. He didn't look like the guy in the on tape. The guy in tape, the guy in Brave and, and these other portions. he kind of just held back a bit, I think. I mean, this guy looked incredible in this fight, Cole. Seriously, uh, an eye-opening UFC debut, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, he looked really bright. Impre- like, Nico Price couldn't take those punches from Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. I'm like... He landed some clean overhand rights where, where that was knocking everyone out, and I think that kind of took a lot away from him when he landed, like, and he was teeing up against him against the fence, and he was just still standing there and smiling. I think that takes that away from you, but he impressed me. I didn't think, just the level competition, I don't think he was fighting that good. I didn't think he was that good, but man, he could be a factor at Way. Well like, he's a dangerous guy. He has a chin, has a lot of knockout power. He's... I, it to me, that was a very impressive UFC debut. Yeah, it was an
0: awesome fight, but man, Al Hassan he loses uh this fight, call by decision. Both his career losses by decision now. Uh, he's got like less than five minutes of gas, man. Yeah, it's not really a winning recipe. And he had he looked like a fish out of water off his back. Lazez had side control. We gotta talk about that ref. He, we, I mean, we could oh. skip by this because there's so much to happen on this card, but I mean, well, what are I, you doing right up from side control? I think three times, two or three times. Like seriously, like the highest level of the sport the referee doesn't let the guy work from side control. Uh Lazez was coasting a bit. I will say that he was kind of laying praying, but it's side control, man. You gotta let the guy keep that position. Uh so either way, Cole, yeah, uh, it was a great fight and they win fight of the night, but because say missed weight, he doesn't get the 50k. Thankfully, the UFC gave it to someone else for performance, and then we'll talk about those guys later. But uh fight of the night, Lazes gets his 50k, but yeah, I mean, three pounds. Overweight and this is our 50k. So that does suck. And he lost uh potential win bonus because he lost the fight. Uh definitely looking forward to seeing what's next for Lizzes. 100 percent he's fighting someone in the top 15 next, man, for sure. Looking at the rankings, I mean there's so many good fights for him. Jeff Neal would be a great fight. I don't think he would take that fight, Jeff Neal, but that'd be a great fight. Neal Magny, Vicente Luque. Rafael Dos like, any of these fights are good. I really think after beating this guy, Al-San, this is a big step up for him. Um, guys like, even guys like Mike Perry, I think he called out Mike Perry. Like, that'd be a good fight. Mike Perry's, the UFC apparently has him on some sort of provisional suspension right now, Cole, but they could easily just be like, okay, we're booking Liz Ezra's Perry. Like, would anyone even bad an eye, Cole? I don't think so. So I think the UFC might do that because this guy called him out. Anyways, going to prelims now, Hamzat Jameev defeats John Phillips via second round dart choke. I mean, this was an absolute beating. It was one of the most sustained beatings in UFC history. Like, not even joking, yeah. it was a rare 10 7 round in the first round. One t- judge actually one scored a 10 7. One guy scored a 10 7, which I think is the right scorecard because he beat him down for a bell to bell. He landed like 100 strikes goal, and John Phillips landed one strike. That's that's a 10 7 round.
1: So I'm I mean, surprised was Phillips last that first round. I thought it was over when, <laughs> like, there were some heavy shots going down. Yeah. I'm like, I don't get a yeah. Phillips still in this.
0: Yeah, he had—he literally landed, I think, the first punch where the guy was taking him down, and that's it. He landed one strike, I think, the whole fight. It was kind of a terrible performance, but Kameev is an absolute beast, and he's young and he's undefeated, and they call him Khabib 2.0. And I watched the tape on this guy. I was telling you, Cole, and he looked great. I mean, his ground and pound, his submissions, his his like mannerisms inside the cage. Like this guy, like really, to me, oozes star power. Getting that dark choke, that's impressive, man. Again, incredible performance by this guy. They call him Habib 2.0. It remains to be seen, Cole. I'll say that. But he looks like a serious problem, man. With that wrestling, I love these wrestling. Like I know some people find wrestling boring. It can be if guys are laying praying. But when these guys like this and Habib that take you down and beat the fucking shit out of you, Cole, like, it's fun. And to you walk. can't
1: do anything
0: about it. Yeah, this guy, yeah, exactly. This guy is an absolute monster. So I can't wait to see his next fight. Uh, next up, an upside. I actually predicted Cole. We you know Murphy defeating Ricardo Ramos. I don't know what happened with Ramos here. He gassed out too after a few minutes, which is crazy for abandoned weight. But, but Murphy, man, he gets uh, top position and just starts raining down some nasty ground and pound, gets a stoppage. Cole, this guy's actually a really good prospect that no one's really Ooh. talking about right now at 145. But I think he's a guy that could potentially be like a top 15 guy at one point.
1: Yeah, he's like, even the Zubaira fight, like, I didn't, I was picking Zubaira in that one, he fought to a draw, I was picked against him in both of his UFC fights, and man, like, I've been someone that's really high in Ricardo Ramos, I don't know if I can be as high as him anymore, like, he's been knocked out twice now, like, I think when Bisping said he went out, I thought he went out there too, like, I thought it was a little flash knockout, and the replay kind of showed him go out, but it was, I don't know what happened to Ramos, like, I think he's... I don't know if he's a featherweight. Like, I think he's better at weight, but I know the weight cuts tough. So I think he's kind of one of those in-betweeners where he's small for 45, but he's too big for 35. But I don't know what to do with him. But Leroy Murphy, like, he's got to get another step up. Like, I don't think he can get a top 15 guy, but maybe someone just outside, like someone in that 16 to 20 range.
0: Where's your boy Charles Rosa ranked? I think that'd be a fun fight. You know, that's a durable guy. He could be definitely fine. So I think that'd be a fun fight. Um, can't sure what's going on. He says... Hamzat mauled his opponent, but I wonder how well he will do against another fighter who wasn't fat and out of shape. Yeah, John Phillips is uh, not the greatest fighter, but the way he beat him down was impressive. Uh, next up, Modestus Bichalcas defeats Andreas Michelaides via TKO via elbows at five minutes of the first round. Okay, so really weird. Like, one of the weirdest stoppages I've probably yeah. seen. Uh I thought it was a pretty competitive first round. At the end of the first round, it could have honestly went either way. Um, Mikalais shoots for a takedown, try to seal the round, I guess. Like, it works for some judges, like in Lezez, the Lezez fight, the first round. Anyways, he tries to shoot for a takedown, and the Kowskis starts raining down those, uh, like, they're not 12 to 6 necessarily, but they're downward elbows, the Travis Brown elbows, I guess we'll call them Cole. And he knocks the guy out, kind of knocks him out, knocks him, hurts him badly. Basically, this guy was sitting beside the cage door and his corner opened it up at the end of the first round and he fell out of the cage and the referee stopped the fight. There's a lot of controversy here because the referee could have looked at the replay, but he chose not to. He's like, I know what I saw. But to me, this was like a borderline 12 to 6 elbow to the back of the head, man, because the first shot, I think, was the one that hurt him. It looked like right in the back of the head here. The other ones were on the side. I will say that like, they were in this this spot, I guess. But to me, that first one was kind of like more back here. That actually hurt him. Or he he had his knees buckled. I'm not saying it was a bad stoppage by any means because this guy did fall out of the cage. The optics are bad. But if you had the replay available Cole, he should have went to the replay. And I think at that point, you could pot- potentially continue the fight. But he, the guy looked done too at the same time. So it is what it is. I don't know. I, I feel like they, they could have looked at the replay though for the elbows Cole, What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think you could have. And But the thing is, he after the elbows he just kind of sat there like he didn't get up like yeah. he was just kind of on his knees he looked sort of out of it like i think if he got up he might have fell down that's i think that why he was trying to like he wasn't standing up and then obviously the door opened but even best basically say you gotta know where the door is there like even if you're just sitting against the fence like just beside it maybe the fight doesn't get stopped but he was really out of it like he was rocked but i think he should have went to the replays because i agree that first one was kind of I didn't know for sure where it was. I think the rest of them were clean. Like, they were clean levels for that first one. It yeah. might have been where I think the replay option is there, so why don't you use it?
0: Yeah, that's the thing that bothers me, and I agree with you. I think the first one, the other ones were probably okay, but the first one that actually hurt him, I think, once to the back of the head, but either way, but um Calcas wins a uh, bonus here. And I should have mentioned Murphy and Keep Kamea have obviously won bonuses too. Uh, there were some really nice performances here. Uh, next up, Jared Gordon defeats Chris Fishgold, we had a decision. Uh, dominating the fight. Chris Fish will yeah. have to do guillotine to- choke attempts, but mostly just got dominating this fight, Cole. Uh, Liliana Jujá defeats Deanna Belbita via submission armbar first round. Verbal submission, great performance by the underdog here. Looked really good in this fight. And Jack Shore opening up the card defeats Aaron Phillips by submission rear choke. And the under scored by one second, really, at 229 of the first round. So crazy uh, performance there, getting that win right before the under missed uh cole just any thoughts on those last couple fights
1: yeah jack Shore looks really good he's a guy having pie on he needs a step up competition um jared Gordon looked impressed at 45 i didn't know how his chin would do at 45 i think 45 is his division he looked a lot better and how about paul fellers tweet tweeting that jared Gordon telling him to send him his uh five percent for their corners which was which was kind of funny
0: it's hilarious. Jared Gordon, man, by the way, that post-fight interview, I mean, that's tough. He said that his wife or girlfriend miscarried recently, and then she also contracted coronavirus, and obviously his whole team got sick at Sanford. Thankfully, Paul Felder came and did him a solid, man. So that was cool of Paul Felder. That was awesome, by the way. I just love the way they played it up, showed him going in the backstage goal. It was awesome. Um, We'll take some comments from Conchiro. The issue is the ref didn't call a foul, and the fighter is trying to tell the ref in the stool he was fouled and decided to pretend he was hurt, and wanted a DQ win. I mean, definitely some uh, language, potentially barriers there between those guys. But I don't know if he wanted to, to win by DQ. I'm not sure if that's what he was trying to do. To me, it's like, I, I don't even know if they would have given it to DQ. I think they would have just probably called it a no contest goal, if anything. Uh, thats They probably would have called it an accidental level, even though it was on purpose, obviously. But either way, he says, Fires can't tell a ref he foul for DQ. Don't work that way. That's why I was rolled a TKO. I mean, we've seen that happen, like with the Pereira Sanchez fight. Does that count as one? Both girls pretty, but their futures and maybe. Oh come on, man! Don't don't say that stuff, dude. We don't need those comments on here, bro. Come on. Um, let's go to the next uh card call. That I mean, anything else you want to talk about this card? But we're just, we're good oh. to go. To the next one. Okay, so we'll preview UFC fight night Figueroa Benavides two the rematch. So they were showing the uh like the the trailer, I guess, for the card. And they were really playing up the fact that Benavidez doesn't believe he was uh, responsible for that illegal headbutt or accidental headbutt call when he, he clearly died with his head.
1: The, it's something like that one. The entire fight when he would punch, he'd just go like that and lean his head in when he punched. It's like it's bound to happen. Like It's not like Benavidez was like holding his head and just like headbutted. I'm like the headbutt was all Benavidez. And it's one of those things where – it happened so fast. like I don't blame their ref for not stopping it. They literally headbutted and then they separated within like a second. And then they are already throwing punches. Yeah. I don't get why that was the focus more than figuring out missing weight. Like, that's why there's a rematch. is figuring out weight and the title is still vacant.
0: You know what? You're 100% right because they did call it a TKO. They didn't call it a no contest or a DQ. They called it a TKO win for him. So the controversy was the weight miss because... Had he won, he would have won, or had he made way, he would have won the belt.
1: And there would be no rematch.
0: And then they would have given Pantoja or something in a rematch or something. I don't know. There's a lot of rematches going on at the top of the division. Uh, it's possible Pantoja could still fight for the belt, by the way. He is the official backup. It looks like is on point to make weight. I think Wally told you the same thing last time, though. And he missed well, weight.
1: Well, Wally last time sent me a video and it figured it looked rough. I said, weight's good. And then all he said was just a thumbs up, which this time he's, he's actually telling me the weights. He said last night we were talking, he said he was like under 130. And he said he showed up fight week 135. Last time he showed up fight week at 145. So yeah. there's a big difference, this one. They said the P.I. has really been huge, where the P.I. is basically for the past like month and a half has just been working with Fader on his weight.
0: That's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight. Okay, so let's start with the uh, bottom here and work our way up to the top. we got 12 fights here, Cole, and you'll see on ESPN Plus 30, that's what they're calling it right now. We'll see if they change the name. They always do. All right, we'll start with the uh, first fight of the night, and it is a <laughs> a very low-level heavyweight boat.
1: Wow. Sergei
0: Spivak and Carlos Felipe. I got to be honest, guys. This fight might be just a Russell fest. Uh, right now we have, yeah, I agree, Cole. Um, we got Spivak as a minus 150 favorite and Felipe plus 130 as an underdog.
1: Give me your pick, Cole. I hate picking this guy, but I have to go with Sergei Spivak. Like, Carlos Felipe has not fought MMA since 2017. And he had a boxing match in there. He's obviously a striker. A speedback. we saw what he can do. He, get, he can get knocked out early, like we saw on Walt Harris, or he can really just grind people out, like that tie to a Vasa fight. Lost to Marcin Teber in his last one, which Teber kind of just held him down. I think Spivak's just going to out-wrestle Philippe, just hold him down. Maybe he'll get a submission, but don't bet this fight at all. You can't trust either of these guys. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Philippe knocks Spivak out with his first punch, or if Spivak just grinds out Philippe for a distant for the decision. I My pick has to be Spivak, but I hate picking this guy, because I'm not high on this guy at all.
0: I'm just laughing so hard, Colt. I loved your breakdown, by the way. I agree with everything you just said. I'm going to pick Spyback, too, just because he's already proven in the UFC. He can wrestle guys. With the Tavisa fight where he took him down and choked him out. Or Tavisa is not great by any means. He's actually one of the worst heavyweights in the UFC right now, but it's still like a win over a guy who's in the UFC. Whereas Felipe. This guy has – he does have an 8-0 record. He's 25. I mean, he's got some stuff going for him, obviously, but he hasn't fought since 2017 in MMA. He fought a boxing match in 2018, but still, that's like almost – that's over a three-year layoff from MMA. He is young, though, Cole, so, I mean, it's possible, you know, he's been training and, and getting better. But you look at some of his opposition, 0-0, 0-0, 0-0, 2-0, 5-0. I mean, he's fighting really low-level guys. Spyback, at least, like I said, has that win over two He does have that experience being in there with uh, Tabura and Walt Harris – He's got some good wins, too, over uh, Tony Lopez and Travis Fulton, two uh, veterans of the sport. So he does have a lot more experience, and I think just the wrestling probably is going to be the difference here. But, yeah, I'm with you, Cole. I mean, do you really want to put your stock into two guys that are at the bottom of this heavyweight division? Probably not. All right, next up we have a really intriguing lightweight belt between – I don't game. know
1: why this is so low. I right, really- well, just
0: want to say, why is this like, – this, this fight probably should be on the main
1: card. Um, This fight's better than the other lightweight fight, Alvarez Duffy, better than a lot of these fights on this card.
0: This fight should be way up higher, for sure. I agree. This is a great fight. I really like this matchup, Cole. I don't want to say it's a sleeper for fighting Night because stylistically, I don't know if it will be, but I think it's going to be an exciting fight, an intriguing battle between, uh, really, a grappling-heavy fighter, Ramos, and a striker, mostly, in Trusukian. Anyways, uh, Davy Ramos, or Armin Trusukian who right now is a minus 210 favorite and then Ramos a plus
1: 175 dog.
0: Give me a pick on this one, Cole.
1: This is going to be a really grappling-centric fight. I'm really looking forward to this one. Both guys have lost to uh, Islam Markachev. That was David Ramos' last fight last, uh, at 242. Sarukian fought him in April, then bounced back at 240 to beat uh, Livy Ben-Mercier. I don't really love the odds. I think this fight is a lot closer just because they're two high-level grapplers. But I have to favor Serupkin. I've just been more impressed with them. That win over OAM dominated him. He has some good wins in the regional season in Russia. Davey Ramos is a guy like we saw what he did to Austin Hubbard. Just grinded him out. He beat John Gunther, beat Nick Hine. He has more UFC experience. He's been fighting in like promotions like RFA. That he's been doing this for quite a while. I just think Serupkin's the better grappler. I think his cardio is a bit better. I don't think either of them are going to get a finish. I'll take Armin Serupkin by decision.
0: Yeah, I think Ramos can win this fight. I think the odds should be tighter. Like, this to me is like, more like minus 150, Sersukian. I do lean him, though, slightly. I just think the striking is going to be a huge edge for him in this fight. And his wrestling is is really good, too. So Ramos, obviously, is going to be shooting for takedowns in this fight. Well, I think if he tries to stand trade, this guy, he's going to get picked apart. He'll probably be trying to make it a gritty fight. But I don't think it's going to work, man. Sersukian he's got really good takedown defense. He showed that in the Mackenship fight. I think he, you know, he's a lot younger, too. So there's a lot to like about him here. But again, you know, Ramos has like grappling style that if he does get takedowns, he can dominate this fight. And he can also submit guys too. So he's dangerous. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with to All right. Next up, flyweight boat. Malcolm Gordon against Amir Albazi. Malcolm Gordon actually trains in Scarborough with Joseph Altalini, former glory kickboxer. So And someone I know myself. So that's really cool, man, to see this guy. Because I've seen him fight Cole a bunch of times back in the day in Ontario. He was fighting for the score fighting series back when I worked there in 2000. And what was it? 2012. He fought on score fighting series six. And the main event of that card was, oh, Chris Hordesky versus Brad Cardinal. Okay. And there was also Rick Glenn was on that card. Gerald Mearshort was on that card. They
1: had a lot of good fighters.
0: I should say, I say we, but I mean, because I worked there. But yeah, score had amazing fighters, man. Seriously, cool.
1: Jordan. I v... wish that was still going around. We need more promotions
0: in Ontario you don't even know how good Scorefighting Series was, Cole. Because like you were, you were still like young back then, man. Like this was an incredible card. Uh, I, when I worked at the score, uh, the guy who did it, Brendan Fraser. Uh, Brendan, not Brendan Fraser. Sorry. Uh, maybe that's his name. I can't remember his name. Brendan. God, no, Brendan. Brendan Fife. Sorry, Brendan Fraser's the actor. <laughs> He's the actor from Medazzle. My bad. Brendan Fife, my friend, who's also the promoter of Scorefighting Series. Dude, he did a great job. Seriously, the matchmaking was really good. Uh, the matchmaker is also uh, Alex Caparici. He does a lot of matchmaking here in Ontario Quebec. I'm pretty sure he's TKO's matchmaker as well, so he's really good. But, yeah, Malcolm Gordon coming in here, Cole. Sorry, I just went off there, guys. But, yeah, I mean, this brings back memories, man, because, like, it's, it's cool to see a guy that I saw grow up finally making it to the big show. That's incredible. So he's on a four-fight win streak here coming in, but he is the dog, uh, Malcolm Gordon, for this fight. Right now he's... Only a couple of sportsbook have the odds for this, but basically, he's right now one, plus one 150
1: ish, and Amir Albazi minus 175 ish. So, give me your pick, Will. It's kind of interesting. Gordon took the fight on short notice against uh, Alexander Do- uh, Dox's chuck, and then he pulled out. So, Albazi's taking it on even short notice. I'm going to with the underdog Malcolm Gordon here. When Albazi wins his fight, it's by submission, and Malcolm Gordon is so good on the ground where I don't think Albazi's going to be able to spin or take it down. On the feet, I like Gordon's kickboxing a bit better. Albazi is only a a loss to Jose Shorty-Torres and Brave, which UFC veteran, not a bad loss. Malcolm Gordon, we've seen him get knocked out before, but I just like the experience. He's been grinding a lot in Canada, fighting in TKO, fighting in different programs across the states too. I think this is going to be a fight where Albazi needs to get down to the ground. I don't know if he will and on the feet. I favor Gordon slightly. I think this is going to go the distance, and I'll take the underdog dog, Malcolm Gordon, and get it done.
0: Yeah, I'm taking Gordon, too. I just think he's a little bit more well-rounded, man, because even if the fight goes to the ground, like, look at his last couple of wins, they're all by submission, but he's got the striking background, too, training with Joseph uh, Bazooka Joe. So I-, I think he's a little bit more well-rounded. To me, like, yeah, you're right. Uh, Al has not fight with Shorty Toro. That's cool. But actually, Malcolm Gordon's got a lot of experience fighting yeah. for promotions like Bellator. I mean, I saw him fighting Bellator back in the day. So uh, And he beat Chris Kalades, who actually won a few fights in the UFC. Yeah, I like uh, Malcolm Gordon this fight. Uh, I mean, it's a flyweight bout between two guys making their debut on short notice, so you can't be too confident, Cole. But from what I've seen, I believe he's a little bit more well-rounded. Let's go to Penchero. This is a good fight night for sure. This week has been great for MMA. Globally, UFC is the best. Give gameway credit. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, love the international flavor on these cards. He likes this card. I like, the, I like this card. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the best card ever, but it's a nice card. Especially for hardcore fans. You know, there's a lot of international talent, which I love, local. I really like that. All right, next up, we have a Banway belt. This is a fun fight. Montel Jackson against Brett Johns. Right now, we have Montel Jackson, minus 230. Brett Johns, plus 190. Cole, give me your pick.
1: Yeah, this is really cool matching. I think it's kind of good to see who's the better prospect and who the UFC is going to push. Brett Johns had a lot of hype behind him then dropped those. Two losses to Eljamain Sterling and Pedro Munoz. Looking back, those aren't bad losses at all. Montel Jackson's only loss was his UFC debut against Rookie Simone since then. Smitted Brian Kelher, beat bleep uh Philippe Caleros. I favor Montel Jackson slightly. It's just the height and reach. He has a five and a half inch reach. He's three inches taller. I just think on the feet, Jackson will be able to use that reach. Peace up, Johns. I think Johns is going to try to want to get down to the ground. I don't know if he will. Jackson has some pretty good takedown events Even on the ground. He has good chokes. I think this one is going to, I don't think either of them will be able to finish each other. I'd be surprised if one does, if it is a a stoppage. I think it's going to be a submission, but I like Montel Jackson. I just think he's going to use his reach, keep Johns at bay and just edge out a decision.
0: Yeah. I like this fight a lot. Both these guys are good prospects, man. I'm high on both of them. Montel Jackson has looked really good in the UFC since I lost to Simone. He's looked great, but you know, Brett Johns, I think, is a step up in competition, man. I, I believe he's a better fighter than Claire, uh, Claris and Sukanta. Kelleher, obviously, is an experienced guy. Maybe like maybe the same level with Brett Johns, but Brett Johns has been in there with some really good guys, man. Like I know he lost to Sterling Munoz Cole, but he still went the distance with those guys. So he's got that experience of fighting with like elite guys. He does have some good wins over guys like Quak uh, uh, and, and Soto and Gravely. They're not great wins, or they're, they're solid, I guess. They're not great actually, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he can be competitive in this fight, but I got to go with Jackson, just the size, man. He's so big for this division, and uh, I believe he's a little bit younger, and I, I think he's just a little bit sharper right now, but it's, it's, it's an intriguing fight, and I do believe Brett Johns can win this fight, so I think there is some upset potential here because he is a good prospect, and people forget about him a little bit. All right, next up, lightweight belt between Joel Alvarez and Joe Duffy. Nice to see Joe Duffy back. I really uh, used to like watching him fight. Joe Duffy, minus 325. Alvarez, plus 265. Cole, go ahead.
1: I don't like the odds at all. Like We see Joel Alvarez has a massive reach, four-inch reach advantage. We see Joe Duffy's on a two-fight losing streak, and he got knocked out by James Vick at 217, came back, lost to uh, Mark Casey. He's a guy that will always have that Conor McGregor win on his record. He's beat Norman Park on the regional scenes, but I am not high on Joel Alvarez at all. He got dominated his UFC debut against Demir Asmagulov, and then he beat... uh Danilo Bellaredo, who I don't think is UFC caliber at all. I think Duffy on the feet is the better striker. I think Duffy can edge our decision here, but at these odds, like you cannot bet Joe Duffy at this price just because he's been a guy that's been inconsistent, doesn't fight a lot in the UFC. I think he is a better fighter than Joel Alvarez, but man, at these odds, like it's pretty much dog or pass here.
0: Yeah, the odd clock <laughs> for sure. Minus three twenty-five. It's high. I do favor Joe Duffy, though. I mean, he's got way more experience, obviously, as the win over Conor McGregor. We all know about that. And UFC record is not great overall at uh, four and three, but he's been in there with some tough guys, man, like Poirier, and took his best shots in that fight. He got knocked out by James Bick, which really bothers me. James Bick's not great. Boston he DKC, he's only fought once in the last three years, too, which bothers me, too. So, there's a lot not to like about him, but at the same time, like I said, he's so experienced. The win over McGregor, of course, and Norman Park, Joel Alvarez, he's younger, 27. And he looked good in his last fight against belwardo but belwardo is not really UFC caliber. The Demir fight showed he's got some holes. Um, I will say this though, when I was in Brazil last year, there was a journalist there, Albert Fernandez. He works for like, I think it's called Gold TV or something. It's one of like the top uh, stations in, in Spain, Cole, and uh he's he's like really good friends with um what's that guy's name he was uh, Juan Espino he's like oh, yeah. yeah he's like best buddies with this guy and they were both he would say Juan loves this guy Alvarez and like he thinks this guy's going to go far and be like one of Spain's top fighters so i've heard about this guy for a while to me he hasn't been that impressive in the UFC yet but th- there is upset potential here because he does have some unknown factors my pick's going to be Joe Duffy though, and the fight probably doesn't go the distance goal. I think there's probably going to be a finish in this fight uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, my pick's Duffy, but it's hard to lay minus 325 on him just based on the layoff and just his form lately hasn't looked great. Next up, we have a catchweight bout, 150, between Grant Dawson and Nat Naramani. It's weird how there's been some fights their catchweights are up in weight classes, but other fights they force guys to fight at their own. It's just weird cool. I don't understand. Don't get it. But, uh, yeah, catchweight fight. Grant Dawson right now, he's uh, minus 250. Nat 210. Give me your pick.
1: Yeah, I have to go with Grant Dawson. I'm really high on Grant Dawson. Like, I think the bigger question here is, does Grant Dawson submit Nad Nadirmani? Nadirmani's never been submitted before. His last fight was his only fight that he's been finished in. When he got knocked out to Mike Grundy, Grant Dawson's a guy I'm really high on. Like, he's beat Julian Rosa, submitted Mike Trizzano, which is a really good win. Submit Adrian Diaz on the contender series. His last fight beat Derek Miner, submitted him, but that was a sh- Miner was a short notice guy. Dawson on the ground, I think he's one of the top prospects of 145, but there's always been a problem with him making weight. It's 150 catch weight. I assume that's probably because Dawson's side asked for it just because we've seen Nearmani make it. Dawson misses last fights. I wonder if this is kind of the UFC saying, like, they're going to slow build him up to lightweight. But Dawson on the ground, I think he's going to be a problem. I think he can get this fight down to the ground. I think he'll be able to submit Nearmani and probably first second round get another big win on his record.
0: Yeah, Dawson is someone I'm really high on, man. He's looked great in the UFC. He's uh, 3-0. Like, to be fair, the guys he's beaten are kind of low-level. Derek Minner, Mike Trezano, Julian They're Well, Rosa looked good in his last fight, but the kind of lower-level low, uh, lower level guys. Nirmani, he's got some decent wins in the UFC. The win over uh, Taha. He's also got the win over Blitz. Uh He's got some good experience, for sure, fighting Cage Warriors in our UFC. But coming off the loss to Mike Grundy, it's, to me, as a setup fight, man. I think that Dawson wins for sure. And I really like Grant Dawson in this fight because I think he's... Better everywhere, and especially on the ground, I think he probably gets the stoppage here. The odds on that are Dawson inside distance. It's actually plus money at plus 165, which I find surprising. I think he finishes his fight probably, Cole. So that's potentially something to look at. All right, next up, we have a light heavyweight bout between Kadish Ibergimov, and Roman Delize. Right now we have Delize, minus 185, Ibergimov plus 160. Cole, who's your pick?
1: I'm going Roman Delize. I'm just not hiding on Ibrahimov. Losing to Ed Herman and getting submitted by Dan Hunchong. I just don't think he's been impressed in the OC. He hasn't looked good. Doliz I know he hasn't fought since December 2018. Only five, only six fights, which is something you have to be wondering about of whether or not the OC experience will be there or whether or not, like, but he does finish all his fights, has some submission wins, has some knockout wins. I think he's a better all-around fighter than Ibrahimov. I think on the feet. He's the better or more powerful striker. I think on the ground, they're probably around the same. They both have a lot of good submission wins, both very good in jiu-jitsu. So I think this is going to be a stand-up fight, and I favor Dolizze striking. And it's more of a fade on Ibrahimov as well. Oh, and in the UFC, I don't. I haven't been impressed with them. I think Dolizze might even be able to finish Ibrahimov, whether it be a submission or ground pound TKO, but I think Dolizze gets this fight done. Yeah, I'm picking
0: uh, Dolizze, but he hasn't fought in like two years. He's never fought in the UFC. He only has six fights. He's only been beating, like, come some pretty low-level guys. So there's some stuff not to like about him, too, I think. Grimov is still pretty young, 25. So he's he's young, man. Um, the leads is 32. So Grimov's f- seven years younger. He also has two fights in the UFC already. The fight of Ed Herbin, by the way, was a great fight. I think it won fight of the night. If it didn't, it should have. It was a great fight. And uh, he obviously showed holes in that fight. But, man, that was a fun fight to watch. Really good clinch work in that fight. Yeah, he's got some experience. I don't know. I, I think, again, this could be an upset spot. How can you be confident in this guy deletes? He never fought in the UFC, hasn't fought in two years. I'm going to pick him because he probably should win because he hasn't looked amazing in the UFCs, and His striking defense is questionable, but, I mean, this guy Cole, like, all his wins are, you know, well, it's the last fight, it's one in the third round, but mostly the first round wins. What happens if he gasses out two? All right, next up we had it. Uh, this is a really good fight here. Alexander Patoja against Askar, Askarov. Opening fight in the main card. Pentoja is the official backup just in case someone, Mrs. Waiter, gets sick or gets injured, I guess, heading into the main event. But for this fight, we have Pentoja right now. Minus 190. Askarov plus 165. Who's your pick, Cole?
1: I really like Alexander Patoja in this fight. Askar Askarov has looked good in the UFC. The draw against Brandon Moreno, I think a lot of people. I scored that fight for Brandon Moreno. I thought Moreno won that fight. And then beat Tim Elliott. Almost knocked him out. But... Pantoja is just a huge step up of competition from Tim Elliott. Like Knocked out Matt Schnell in his last fight, which is a big win. Knocked out H- Wilson Hayes. Submitted Olko Sasaki. His last loss to and Figueredo is obviously fighting for the belt. Beat uh, Brent Moreno by decision. He's one of these top flyweights. And he's a flyweight that finishes a lot of his fights. Ask hasn't lost, so it's going to be interesting to see if Pantoja can finish him. But I just think no matter where this fight goes, I think Pantoza's wrestling defense will be a big factor. And on the feet, I think he's the much better striker than Askar Askarov. So if Pantoja can keep this fight standing, I think he's going to have a lot of success. I'll pick Pantoja by decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if we got got a finish here either.
0: Yeah, I think you're way more high on Pantoja than me in this fight. I think he's a really good fighter. I really enjoy watching him fight. He's got a great record. He's a fun fighter to watch. He's looked awesome, but... Askarov's undefeated and he's younger, too, man, 27. He's got UFC experience now. Fight with Moreno could have won either way. He could have easily won that fight. Moreno was a solid win on your resume. Obviously, uh has beat him twice already. Uh he also has the win over LA. He's looked good. And, and even back in the day when he was in Russia, he was fighting like high-level guys. Uh like guys like Anthony Leon and Jose Maria T- uh, Tomei. Those are high-level guys for the regional scene. So this is a guy who's been there with some decent fighters. Pedoja I think, obviously has more experience, better experience. Um, it's a close fight for sure, but I just kind of feel like the odds are a lot tighter. I cap it more around I'll pick them, to be completely honest with you. So I, I'm going to take a shot on uh, the underdog here in Askarov. I think he can get it done, man. I think he can grind it out. But uh, definitely an interesting fight. And the winner, uh, either way, I think the winner probably gets that next title shot at uh, 125. All right, next up we have uh interesting women's uh, flyweight belt between two strikers here, Arian Lipsky and Luana Carolina. And right now, we have Lipski minus 125, Carolina, plus 105.
1: Who's your pick? It's interesting. I was just looking. Arian Lipski has been a favorite every single one of her UFC fights. She was favored minus 245 over Joanne Caldwell and minus 275 against Molly McCann, which is crazy to look back. I'm going to go with the underdog and in Luana, Carolina. I just haven't been impressed with Arian Lipsky. She was someone that I was really high on, was finishing all her fights in KSW. But there's been a lot of people talking on Twitter like, oh, KSW doesn't drug test. one wonder if that's been a factor. but. Lipsky, to me, just her last win was someone I don't think is UFC caliber at all. I know Carolina hasn't fought since UFC 237, but she dominated Priscilla Cachoeira. She's someone that's had a lot of canceled fights, but I just like her striking a bit better. I think she's a bit more well-rounded than Lipsky, and I'm just someone not high on Lipsky. I think this fight goes the distance. I wouldn't be surprised if Lipsky and outpoint Carolina, but I'll take Carolina by decision.
0: Yeah, this is a close fight for sure. I mean, I think it's going to be two women throwing like medium amount of volume strikes on the feet, making it one of those fights that I think the judges are going to have to say in. I, I think it does go the distance, Cole. I believe that it's going to be mostly a striking battle. goes the distance. Could go either way, man, honestly, like pretty evenly matched. I think for the most part, uh, I will slightly lean towards Lipsky and I would never bet on her, man, because she's been a huge disappointment in the UFC, but based on what we saw back in the day in KSW, man, she should have, I, I think, Possibly a slight power advantage, which could be a difference here. I don't know. Though. I mean, if Carolina maybe she mixes in takedowns especially, she'll definitely win this fight. So, yeah, close odds, obviously, but lean slightly towards Lipski. Just really, really hard to be confident in her. Next up, we have a lightweight belt between Mark Diakiesi and Rafael Fiziev. This is a really good fight, too. This could be a potentially fight of the night because both these guys like to stand and bang on the feet. Diakiesi, minus 160. Fiziev, plus 140. Cool. Who's your
1: pick? I'm going with Mark Dick I just think he's got that style where he could just outpoint Fiziev. I think he can, he's been in the UFC a lot longer, wins over Len and Joe Duffy's last two fights. He obviously had that three fight losing streak, split Draco Close, Michigan, against Dan Hooker, and a loss to Nats at Hackbrats. Hooker and Close aren't bad losses. Hackbrats might look bad now, but has a guy last beat Alex White. I don't know if he's in the UFC anymore before that was knocked out to uh, Mustafa uh, Magomed Mustafayev. I think Dick is the better striker I think that's what happens here and I think he can just outpoint Fiziev and win a decision
0: yeah I I kind of agree with that too I, I think he's a little bit more well, well, well-rounded he's more experienced in the UFC he has a five and three record in the UFC he had that losing streak there for a while but like looking back hold it, not really bad losing skid Dan Hooker is incredible and then Close and Hackbrass are pretty solid too so like not really a bad losing skid just a tough uh level of competition Fiziev. He, man, the, the loss to Mustafayev that was a crazy knockout. Like He actually blocked the kick, but the kick was so powerful that even with his guard up, it still knocked him out. It was an incredible kick by Mustafaev. Go back and watch that fight, guys, if you haven't seen that one. Uh, the fight with Alex White was a, a solid win. Alex White's not great. He's like a gatekeeper, I guess. I'm not sure if he's in the UFC anymore, actually. I don't
1: think he is.
0: Yeah, he's the guy who's like... If he's still in it, he's lucky. I think he's like 3-6 and six in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. Like, it's a, not a great record. Um, But yeah, and this guy obviously has knockout power call. He does have really good striking. It's going to be a fun fight. He could catch uh, Diakyesi and knock him out, possibly. But I think from what we've seen, DKS is pretty durable and uh, good cardio, more proven for three rounds, too. My pick's Diakyesi. But Fyaziev is kind of an unknown guy. And you kind of have to be careful with guys like this. This is why I actually love cards like this, because... Fans that mostly don't stay up to watch those like Russia or like China card school that we do as, as like MMA nerds, they get to watch these guys perform. All right, co-main event time, call. Uh Maybe the best fight in the card. Great fight here between Jack Hermanson and uh, Kelvin Gastelum. And obviously, you should plug your interview here with Jack Hermanson, who you talked to for uh, the Just Scrap podcast. So right now we have really close odds, call. Kelvin Gastelum slight slight favorite, minus one fifteen, and Hermanson minus one five future pick.
1: Yeah, and this fight is really interesting because no one's talking about it. If Kelvin Gasson loses this fight, he is on a three fight losing streak. Like he's a guy that was supposed to fight for the middleweight title last year when Whitaker pulled out Day Out, fought for the interim title, was close to beating Adesanya. But since then, he's a guy that lost to Darren Till. Both of us picked Darren Till and a lot of people were caught as crazy for picking Till. I'm picking Jack Manson here. I just I'm not as high as in Kelvin Gaslin as a lot of people are. Like I know he has a lot of knockout power, he can KO Jack Manson, but I just think Jack Ramanson's cardio, he's a five-round fighter. In three rounds, he's going to be one pushing the base. I think he's going to be in Gassam's face. And I think he can get Gassam down. I think he can submit Kelvin Gassam. We've seen Jacare have success on the ground. We saw Chris Weidman sm- submit Kelvin Gassam, and I think Jack Manson's a better grappler than Chris Weidman. Like, uh, not, uh, I think uh, Weidman's a better wrestler, but Jiu-Jitsu, I think that's Jack Ramanson. We saw him submit David Branch, submit Gerald Mechart. He dominated uh, Jacare Souza. I think... The value is on Jack Manson. I think Jack Manchin could finish Kelvin Gaston by submission here.
0: It's possible. I feel like you're really underselling Kelvin Gaston here. So with Kelvin, he's a guy I've been high on ever since Tough, man. I Anyone who's been following me forever knows I picked him to beat Uriah Hall as an underdog. I think he was like plus 300. He was a massive underdog that fight. I mean, I got to take a look at those odds. That was like a long time ago. Yeah, he, he was like plus 300. So uh, no one was picking to win, but I saw so much potential from this kid on the show and I was so impressed with his performances on this on the show against guys like Josh, the and Bob McDaniel and he's been incredible I think in the UFC for the most part uh, Look at his level of competition man. First fight in the UFC fought Hall and uh, wins the fight and then he fights guys like Rick Story, Jake Ellenberg, beats those guys. He lost to Woodley. That fight was super close he was also sick and went to the hospital the day before, due to a bad weight cut, and still went to a split decision with Tyron Woodley. Same with the Neil Magni fight, which a fight I thought he won. That was an incredible fight. Went five hard rounds in that fight. Uh, the Johnny Hendricks win was a solid win. Nate Marquardt. Look at these names. I mean, these guys fought the best guys. Since moving up to middleweight, it's looked great. Tim Kennedy, Michael Benson Souza. He does have a couple losses, obviously. Also Belfort, he knocked him out, and then it was uh, no contest for marijuana, which is dumb. The losses, obviously, you gotta look at them a little closer. I think Uh the Chris Weidman fight—that fight was a competitive fight where he actually dropped Chris Weidman. He actually eventually got choked out, which obviously you gotta worry about here against Jack Hermanson, who's got a great ground game. So that's something to keep in mind. But you know the fight with Adesanya—he gave Adesanya a better fight than anyone else has. That's why I think people are high on him because he is proven he's one of the top guys in the division. And the Darren Till fight—I thought he lost that fight, but it was a competitive fight. So. To me, Calvin's like an elite guy, man. He's a top five guy, in my opinion. Like, I, I really believe he's one of the top five guys. Hermanson's been great, too, in the UFC. He's looked incredible at times, finishing guys like uh, Mearshart and, and Branch, latest. But, and also the uh, Sousa fight, but the, the Cam Mearshart fight getting knocked out there, that worries me here against a guy like Gaston. There's a lot of KO power. I think Calvin Gaston wins the fight, man. I'm going to pick Calvin Gaston. It's a close fight because Hermanson's actually a really good fighter, too. But, I feel like Gaston with his experience, with his age, and I think his better durability, quite frankly, too. So either a knockout or a decision, I'm going to pick Calvin Gaston in this fight. All right, let's get to the main event here. Davison Figueredo versus Joseph Benavides, the rematch. Right now we have Figueredo, minus 200. Benavides 170. Cole, who's your pick?
1: Yeah, this is really interesting. The first fight I picked Benavides. I just thought Benavides was going to out-wrestle Figueredo, similar to what Formiga did, and just kind of grind him out. This I rewatched the first fight because they UFC posted on YouTube. I watched it again yesterday, and after rewatching it, I don't really see a path for Joseph Benavides to win this fight. Like I thought he's gonna have the advantage on the ground, and Figueroa almost had him in the arm bar. He took Benavides down. He had a lot of success. I think the only way Benavides wins this fight is if it goes into those later rounds, fourth, fifth round. Because I am worried about Figueroa's cardio. I know he can go three rounds. I'm not sure if he can go four or five. Which I know Benavides can go five rounds hard, which but Benavides or out has so much power. I think you'll be able to connect on Benavides again and, and get a TKO win and come the new floppy champ. But I don't really love the odds. Like I get why they're so high uh finish Benavides, but Benavides is a guy you can never really count out.
0: Yeah, uh, interesting fight. I'm like you. I picked Benavides the first time, but I did not like what I saw in that fight personally I wasn't impressed by it. his game planning in that fight and I feel like we obviously saw a huge power band on the feet to Figueredo just a huge striking advantage uh, I know Benavides; they kept saying he won the first round of the fight they kept saying that
1: Cole like <laughs> Figueredo was close to that arm but that arm bar was tied I know I'm just laughing because they kept hyping that up like he won the first then, round before they were the like and then Bisping after like the first round, they're like, oh, Figaro's gassed. He won't be able to do anything. I'm like, I don't think he was gassed. Like, yeah. and then the second, like.
0: Yeah. I uh, love this thing, by the way, but there's times where, like, he's really just <laughs> silly on the commentary. Like, last night, I think, I think it was the Murphy fight where he's like, he's knocked out, but he, at that point, hadn't been Ramos. And then, like, 10 seconds later, oh, he's knocked out now. It's like, okay, you got to chill with that. But, yeah, uh, as far as this fight goes, Cole, i want to pick uh, Figaro. um I just think that we saw in the first fight he's the better fighter, quite frankly. So um, knockout Benavides Probably gets a knockout again, I would assume, in the five rounds. You know, Benavius is great. He'll probably go down as one of the best fighters never to win the belt if he doesn't win this fight. Because if he doesn't win this one, I have no idea how he's going to get another title shot. Right now he's 0-3 in the UFC in title shots, 0-4 in the WEC if you count that belt to Cruz. Lost to DJ twice, obviously, in the Figueredo. He's like Faber, man. Faber, I think, was 0-5 between UFC and WEC, just like Faber. Uh, after, obviously, he was the champ at that point. But, uh, yeah, uh Figueroa by knockout I think, is going to be the result here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, Benavidez is a veteran, man, and he's been in there with the best guys. So, if he makes the adjustment and goes to wrestling, he can win this fight. If he strikes with Figueroa like he did the first fight, I don't understand why he did that. I don't think he does. By the way, I feel like he's getting a title shot, too, because – his wife works for the UFC, and Dana White loves this guy and loves his wife too, man. I, I do believe that played a part in because you could have given the, another
1: guy the title fight instead.
0: After a guy is not... Brandon
1: Moreno, Pantoja, like all those guys.
0: Personally, that's what I would have did, but either way. All right, let's get to some comments here. The Drifter, the Tim Kennedy fight was awesome. I was at that fight in Toronto. Kelvin Gastelum absolutely tooled Tim Kennedy, who never fought again. He likes Kelvin to get the knockout over Jack Hermanson. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way, but... We'll see. I mean, Cole, I respect his opinion, and he likes Hermanson. If the fight goes to Matt Hermanson, probably does have an edge with submissions and stuff like that. Can Shiro Benny can do this figure it was a weight cheater, and that headbutt only hurt Benny. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as the headbutt. The he headbutt was all about Evita, though. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, and as far as the weight cheat, uh, kind of, but I mean, because he missed weight, he wasn't able to win the belt. So I don't know how he just cheated. He just played himself, if anything, Cole. Also, he didn't win that bonus that night, too, because he would have won a bonus. Right. If he knocked out that he doesn't want the belt, he would have got a fifty K bonus. Marcus, what's going on, man? Will Pantoja win at 125? If Davison doesn't make weight, will the UFC consider making Pantoja versus Benavides to guarantee a one point five pound champ is crowned? I think so. That makes sense. Yeah,
1: that fun. is the plan. Yeah. He
0: should do uh, it. Do you want to break down that fight just in case? Sure. I, yeah.
1: I, I mean, I guess I haven't really thought about it, Cole, but I do well, ha- just like, uh, I, I think, think you'd Pantoja. obviously you'd go Pantoja. Yeah, yeah. I'd go Benavidez if Benavidez oh, Pantoja is okay. the fight. Yeah, I would, I, I guess, I mean, I really haven't thought about the fight.
0: You know, it could happen. Uh, I,
1: I don't think it's going to happen. I think there was more, I don't think the way to concern this time. I think he's going to make it. I think the UFC's really been on him. I think the more concerned was that COVID and now that he's there, he's passed the test and Abu Dhabi, I think this fight's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Okay, so we don't have much time left, Cole. Let's just get to uh, just a few um, uh, fighting outfits, if that's okay with you, Cole. Yep. It's, let me slide up here. If anyone has any uh, questions you want to throw in, throw them in now. Cole, me will be here for like five more minutes or so. Um, or, but, yeah, it should be an okay card, though, Cole. I and mean, we'll see what happens with to the weight in this world, though, for sure. Hopefully, this guy makes weight. I'll say that. If he misses, yeah. man, that looks bad on him in the world, because they promised Dana White we're going to make weight this time. Okay, cool. Let's look at some fight announcements. John Dodson versus this Dinesfili. Great fight. Uh, got a favorite Marab. i imagine he'd be a favorite of the sportsbooks. Based on the wrestling John Dodson, man, with that knockover and Nathaniel Wood. That was a surprising win. What do you think?
1: Yeah, you, I think you have to have a slate at to Marab. Mirab's going to be a dangerous guy. Like His wrestling is so good. He's going to be a guy where a lot of bandwights aren't going to want to fight. Just because he's not a big name, and if you lose to him, a lot of the casual fans will be like, oh, how'd you lose to this guy? But he's hes a guy like Jeff Neal in the World League Division where I don't—I can see no one wanting to be able to fight him just because a, lo- a win over him doesn't do a whole lot for you in terms of, like, the casual fans. But a loss sets you back quite a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Shamil Abderrahimov against Cyril Gone and Rafael Passover's versus Tanner are two heavyweight fights. Any thoughts? I-
1: I'm... Really high on... T- I really like Tanner Bozer. Tanner Bosier is a really nice guy. Canadian guy. I think he's one of the better Canadians in the UFC. A uh, good character. I think you have to favor uh, Tanner Bosier here. And Cyril Ghosn, I think you have to favor him. I think he's a guy that's going to be a mainstay of the heavy division for a long time. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's top five at the end of this year.
0: Yeah, and all these fights that we're just talking about are, like, in August and September. They're announcing a September cards now. So, yeah, I, I definitely favor Gone and uh, Bhosn in those fights. Um This fight's really fun. You said this to me right away. You're like, oh, man, this is going to be a good one. Michelle Paheya against William Amadiev.
1: They're just two wild guys. Like, if this gets out of the first round, it will not be a good fight. Their cardio is not that good. But that first round will be wild.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a fun fight. Uh, I think Perea probably is going to be favored. We all know he was beating Diego before that uh, legal shot. So he'll probably be favored here. Mallory Martin against Hannah Cyphers. Why is Hannah Cyphers still in the UFC? I mean, I guess she's doing this all by taking these short notice fights, calls. But I think she's two and five, two and four, two and five now.
1: What's she on three fight losing streak?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, she loses this,
1: she's done for sure.
0: Yeah. And the last fight here, Zubera to against Hakim Dowado. <laughs> Another great fight, man. I don't even know who I favor in that one. That's such a good fight. Probably Hakeem, I think, a little bit. But uh, I don't know how many people know about him, like, uh, you know, compared to how many people know about Zubair right? Zubair has got so much hype because he's uh, Habib's friend and stuff. So, yeah, I think Zubair probably is favorite. But I, I think I'd probably go with uh, DeWato here, there, because I do believe his striking is a little Yeah,
1: yeah. and when DeWato shows up, he's really good. But he's been someone that's – like that Bachneck fight, he didn't look that impressive. And that was a fight he should have anyway. done a lot better in, like –
0: Got choked out by Danny Henry.
1: Yeah. Hero says,
0: what do you guys think about UFC two, 251 selling 1.3 million pay-per-views? Do you think Connor's crying <laughs> in a corner home seeing his last fight didn't even sell 1 million? So, by the way, the numbers, there's some, I wouldn't say controversy, but Dave Meltzer said it's lower than the 1.3 million. So he thinks that they added some extra buys there. Like, he feels like the UFC leaked that number. It obviously did well. It was a great card. Yeah. Uh you know, the, or not uh, like uh, actually the card played okay, but on paper it was an amazing card. And I, I believe I was, I said it was going to break a million. 1.3 is great though, I think, for the UFC. Um, Connor's not worried though, man. Connor's rich.
1: Uh, I normally have a good tell by how the pay fees will do when it, the Thursday before the fight, a lot of my friends text me, Oh, who should I bet on? Oh, yeah. how do I watch this fight? Do you know any like streams or should I buy this pay per view? That only happens two or three times a year where. Like I have some friends that are hardcore that watches all the fights. I have some that will only watch the big pay-per-views. And I could tell when they're texting me, when they all texted me and Mazel stepped in, and they're like, I gotta watch this fight now. I'm like, this is gonna be a big fight then.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Uh, same way. I had a bunch of people text me. Hey, uh should I bet
1: Mazel I said, yeah. Was stupid, but I also picked <laughs> picks. I gave David Grant Grant too, so. Uh, well, my friends, I told, I went 5-5 on the main card there. I told them all five fights. And my one friend, just to Just to be uh, the opposite of me, you picked the other five and he's like, Oh, I lost 50 bucks. I'm like, Well, that's what you get.
0: And that happens. Uh, As Hero says, everyone expected it to sell at 900. I I mean, I thought a million, but yeah, I guess nine. It might be,
1: maybe it's 1.3 million worldwide, just because the ESPN numbers don't include Canada, Australia would still have the.
0: Right. He's also saying, uh, Is Hori a draw?
1: Yeah. I think he's been a draw since Till Knockout.
0: Yeah, I think so too because uh, that, well, no, I'd say the Askren fight because uh, the
1: Askren fight really pushed me over the edge. But that Askren fight, a lot of people were looking forward to that more than the yeah Jones Santos and the
0: what he's did in the last like two years, like year, it's incredible. Corey is blessed by Jesus. Took a gamble, paid off royally. Is lost in his brand since six days noise. That's true too. And before we talking about this rematch, I don't. I mean, I don't think he's close at this point because there's so many other guys. That's the risk he took. I mean, he's like, right, oh, I'll get paid now, but I could know, wait and train harder for a, for a fight. But yeah, I don't think it would matter. It's good he got the experience, but you know, if he had more cardio, it could have been more competitive. Contreras says Usman won two because his pay-per-view cut is huge. I'm guessing Usman would do an immediate rematch with Jorge for big money. I
1: don't think they're going to do that rematch, man. They're going to do either Burns or... Uh, Edwards. Yeah. I think Burns should get it. Burns will get it, I think. Leon Edwards hasn't fought since July of last year. Like, and the win over, was, it was over at the time, already okay,
0: Rafael Dos Anjos, but now at this point, like, Raphael's on a long losing streak.
1: And that's the thing, is, like, he's, Leon Edwards and a lot of interviews saying, oh, I just couldn't fight. This travel stuff started happening in March. He last fought in July. Like, yeah. you, he could have fought a lot sooner than then.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. So. I mean, what else we're going to talk about here, Coles. Do you want
1: to quickly touch on Covington's yeah, say I
0: was, Yeah, I was, before we get out of here, that's the one thing I want to say. So he's claiming he signed a vote agreement to fight Tyron Woodley on August 22nd. Is that going to be it? That's uh, a main event, right?
1: A main event on ESPN. Yeah. So he said Woodley declined it.
0: Possibly. I mean, it's short notice. It really is. But a lot of guys are stepping up and taking two of those fights. Um, it's only five weeks notice, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see the fight. I guess they want... Covington to find that card, though. It seems like they're penciling him in for that fight card. Um, I think he did really good numbers for that Robbie Lawler card last year that was on ESPN. So, you know, if Woodley won't fight him, then you can do Edwards or uh, uh, I guess Wonderboy is another fight. Um, Masadol is the perfect fight. I don't know if they do it, though, but that mm-hmm. would be a great fight. Any thoughts,
1: Cole? Yeah, I got a lot of flack in might watch X Home for. I said do Masvidal Covington on ESPN five rounds. Like that would be mad. And everyone's like, Oh no, you have to do that on pay-per-view, but if you do that on pay-per-view. It's only three rounds. Like I'd love to see that fight for five rounds. And I think like the UFC does big fights in ESPN. We saw Dillashaw, Sahudo on ESPN. Like they're putting big fights there to get good ratings out of the network. That would be massive for ESPN to do that on free TV.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be good too. So we'll see what happens there. And then what else is there? Um, Hader wants Volkanovski, we already know that. And uh oh, uh Bellator fight announcement! I forgot to do Bellator. We didn't talk about this at all. Uh so they have their event on July 24th, apparently. Uh the thing with you and Ricky Ben Diaz was funny. Cole texted Ricky and said, Are you fighting at Sergio Perez? Can I get an interview? And he's like, I'm not fighting. And then apparently he texted him back like 10 minutes later saying, Oh, yeah, I got the boat agreement now. So that fight's happening. That's the main event. Three round fight, Ben Diaz versus uh um uh uh, Pettis Jr., so that should be a good fight. Pettis Jr., He called him yeah. that uh, Should be a pretty good fight, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Jordan Meehan against Jason Jackson on that card. Jordan Meehan's a guy I've always loved. Uh, I'm not saying I'm super high on him anymore, but that'd be a good fight. And then they also announced a couple other fights. Benson and Henderson versus Michael Chandler too, and uh, Phil Davis versus Weeor Machida too. So Bellator, they're making some fight announcements. cool. We don't talk about them much, obviously, much anymore. And no one does, really. It kind of feels like they've been forgotten about, but mm-hmm. Seems like they're coming back with a vengeance.
1: Yeah, they really missed an opportunity too. this this card. It should have been way more stacked. It should have been two title fights. Put your big names on your return, like your return. And they've been they've had so many months to prepare for the return, and they announced their card like a week and a half in advance. It makes like how much promo can you do? Like your return should have been like Lima Musasi. Maybe you do Bader and Emkov. You do those two fights at the top. Then you do like Benbejos Pettis on the under, like on the main card. Like this card should have been so stacked just because all your fighters are like they can all fight. They're fresh to fight. None of them are injured. Like I think Bellator kind of dropped the ball in their return fight and only announced it like, a week and a half in advance. Like I don't think that does them much favors.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre. It really is. Uh But hopefully they pull off the show next week and these guys get paid. All right, cool. I think that's it, man. Um, give me your. Uh, Thoughts on whatever, and, and you know, is there anything else you want to talk about? Or
1: no, uh, I think that's good.
0: Cool. So, cool plug your stuff, man. Let's get out here. Uh,
1: Twitter, anyone uh I'll have the what's next today in interviews with Jack manson and Dave and Figueroa. Tomorrow, I'll have the fighter picks with Figueroa Benavides. Everything else is always on my Twitter.
0: Awesome, man! You guys can follow me on Twitter at MMA Martin Podcast. That's at mmaodspaker
1: YouTube,
0: Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, subscribe man and tell your friends about it and subscribe to the channels. And it'd be nice if people could, uh, you know, just uh, yeah, subscribe to this MA Oddsbreaker channel because I feel like not just us, but I think uh, Mike's MMA picks more
1: breakdown. I don't think that's I watch that all the time. It's a really good show, as more break breakdown. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I think definitely like the, po- the podcasts we have are good, and obviously, Nick and Brian do their show too. All right, uh, that's it, guys. And then I'm at bjpan.com and MA rings on that. Have a great day, and I'll be back on Monday. Uh, actually, sorry, a Tuesday, I think, Cole, right? Tuesday at 10 a.m. Yeah.
1: Great day. Cool.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a fun one Gustafson and Verdum. So Tuesday, 10 a.m. Until then, enjoy your weekend, guys, and enjoy the fights. Have a great day.